Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women and all of you who love them. Mothers, daughters, grand and great-grandmothers, fearsome and generous, humble and honest, and in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. For those of you joining the first time, each month we will explore a new theme inspired by you. Yes, I said you. Together we bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us there are some things we just don't talk about, but not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it can't come in. Beloved ladies, we live here beyond the wreckage. Every week we meet here for one hour to experience, encourage, and empower each other. We share some aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Every week we start right where we are. Although many of your voices will speak light into darkness, there is no insignificant person around this table. Each show has three segments. The beginning, where I'll walk you in and set the table for the day. The middle is our show, Sister Talk or Brother Talk. Centerpiece, where a phenomenal, generous, and fearless person joins me in the interview seat. The last segment, It's Not Over, is where I deposit with you some empowerment and encouragement for you to take with. I call it my spiritual doggy bag, just in case your soul needs a pickup or a snack while we're apart. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Don't worry, should you miss us, you can catch us on our podcast YouTube channel, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G., And if you just feel like connecting with me, please do. You know I love it, right? Email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. And thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme and entitling it, I'm Listening. I am so excited about how the show is progressing. We are celebrating our fourth month of proof that dreams can come true. Frankly speaking, with Tyra G is one of the most special dreams I have ever had. I thank God for every remembrance of you, of your gifts, of ideas, your presence, and your encouragement. The gifts you've given me are those that inspire. I can't do this without you, so thanks again. Our theme this month is The Gift is the Giving. We are shifting our paradigm from thinking of gifts we receive beautifully wrapped in shiny paper with ribbons and bows, our sparkling gift bags, our gift cards, our cars or bikes, and everything nice we might have asked for. This month, we're focusing on the gifts that live inside each of us, the ones that we're born with. Did you know that you came here with unlimited dreams and possibilities to be discovered and nurtured and given away? Each month I like to share what some of my favorite writers say about the theme. Now about giving, Winston Churchill said, We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Cahil Gibran, the prophet, writes, You give but little when you give of your possessions. It's when you give of yourself that you truly give. Frances Burnett wrote a book, A Little Princess, and she says, I love this one, If nature has made your hand, and a giver, then it's born open, and so is your heart. And even though there may be times when your hands are empty, your heart is always full. You can give thanks out of that. You can give warm things, kind things, sweet things, help and comfort and laughter. Did you know sometimes gay, kind laughter is the best help of all? Robert Louis Stevenson said, You can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. This is our last show in The Gift is in the Giving. And this week, we're excited to sit with two young women who are beneficiaries of a program we talked about a few weeks ago called Sylvia's Lights. When we interviewed Ms. Sandra Gregory, Sandra, a phenomenal woman, who believes that giving is one of life's essentials continuing deposit, depositing into this generation and the next. She's here in the studio with us with two of Sylvia's lights. 
She is hosting them in her home during their senior year winter break. They're both from Texas Southern University. In their own voices, all three of them, you will hear what it feels like to be a program provider, Sylvia's Lights, and one of its beneficiaries. Stay close now. Grab your beverage. We'll be right back. And we are back. You know, I like to begin each show by creating a common thought space for our time together. This week, we share in the wisdom of our coach yet again, Miss Ilana Vansan, and her book, Until Today, published in the year 2000. Now, in order to receive the benefit of these thoughts today, you're going to have to tune your hearing to a spiritual space. We're going to be talking about the nurturing of the seeds of God that live inside of you. Life produces plants that are exactly like the seeds. The essence of the seed will always be duplicated in the plant. The seed from which we have grown is the essence of God. God is spirit. You are spirit. God is good. You are good. At every twist of life, we doubt, we question. In some cases, we deny the very essence of God. The life within you is the same essence that is God. In that essence, you have some of the same power, the same wisdom, and the same love that God has. It is the presence of this God essence that is the truth and the essence of who you are. You also have a body. Chances are you complain about it from time to time. If you consider for just a moment how you feel and care about the part of you who can see, what does that mean about the part of you you cannot see? In other words, how much care do you give to your God self? How much grooming do you do for your essence? Your God essence must be groomed, not because God needs it, but because you do. You must bathe your God essence in the spiritual waters of seeing and serving the God essence of others. You must wrap your God essence in a blanket of self-love. You must sweeten your God essence with the perfume of forgiveness. You must feed your God essence with hasty helpings of prayer. Every now and then you must give your God essence a treat, silence. You must rest your God essence on a bed of faith. If you, if you dress your God essence in the spiritual clothing designed by kindness, compassion, and humility, it will quickly outgrow all the limitations of being covered by your humanness. Until today, you may have focused your energy on caring about your physical being. But just for today, be devoted to the care of your essence. If you do, something wonderful and powerful will grow right where you are standing. How about that? How's your God essence? Right now, we're ready for the most special part of the show to meet our guest. They will each introduce themselves, and I'd like to start with Miss Sandra Gregory. Hi, Tyra. It's great to be back on your show. Thank you for including me in this segment. Oh, I'm so pleased, Sandra. You've done so much, so much. Well, going back to the spiritual essences, they've all been gifts from God every step along the way, to include, of course, the Sylvia's Lights we're talking to later on in a few minutes. Yes. But as you know from the last session that we talked, is I spent 29 years on active duty with the U.S. Air Force really enjoyed it, traveled all over the world, and now back in Northern Virginia, where I have transformed myself into an executive coach after attending the Georgetown University coaching program. And last year at this time, my husband and I created Sylvia's Lights because we wanted to share our gifts, learn from others and help in our illuminating of leadership one student at a time 
and we started with the students at Texas Southern University. So it's a combination, Sylvia's Lights is a combination of learning life skills or teaching life skills to others, to the students, and having some fun times here in the Washington, D.C. metro area. So that's our goal. We do it over semester breaks. And so we do two sessions, two cohorts a year. And it's very personalized because we just take two students at a time into our home. So it's combined with radical hospitality and growing experiences. And it's just a a pleasure to give back to others. You know, I have to uh, confess at this point in time that I have insinuated myself into this experience with Sylvia's Lights, and I enjoyed a concert with them uh, before Christmas, and I can tell you they are delightful. Uh, They may be a bit shy, but uh, their spirits are not, and I think you will feel that from each of them. Uh, Sandra, you want to hand off the mic? You bet. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Blessing. I am from Houston, Texas, and I'm one of the the lights. They told us to pick a number, so I'm like the fifth or sixth light still deciding. Okay. Um, it's been a really good time here. Um, t- students, we got off the plane. You know, we stopped through New Orleans and went through Atlanta, and it was a bit of a culture shock. You know, the weather's different, but it's been a fun experience. I'm so glad that, you know, Miss Sandra has hosted a hosted us in her home along with her husband her family and I even got to celebrate my 23rd birthday here as well so it's been a really really fun good time we've been to so many historical spots in DC and I've really been enjoying myself Uh uh-oh guess what happy birthday to (laughs) you happy birthday to you happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday to you i had no idea oh that's wonderful your birthday and christmas look at that yes all in one and then soon to be new year so yeah 2018 (laughs) you got a cohort next to you absolutely hi my name is nadina I'm from Chicago, raised in Houston. It's my first time actually leaving somewhere other than Houston for a very long time. So I'm so glad to be here. It's been wonderful. Sandra has been such a blessing. She's so nice and um, so welcoming, too. We had so much fun so far, spending Christmas with her, great dinners. We eat so much. (laughs) (laughs) So we feel like we've been gaining some weight, but who knows? Well, it doesn't show. Yeah, no, it hasn't, but we feel like it. We eat so much. <laughs> you know, I uh, two things when when Sandra uh, introduced herself. What I loved was the fact she used the pronoun we and that she and her husband are doing this in partnership. And that's not always the case, you know, but you have two very big hearts living in the same house, and both of them cook. Oh, yes, they both yes. cook. Even their sons, too. Uh-oh. Sons, too? Yes. Is the kitchen big? It is. I was, you know, she's told me before about the things they do, and I'm thinking, hmm, because, you know, the kitchen is not my friend. (laughs) And so I uh, enjoy stories like this, and perhaps at some point I may get invited to taste some of the the output of those uh, dinners. Well, tell me this. What have you enjoyed most? Now, I know you've seen all kinds of things, but just think, uh, Say it's a month from now. What do you think is the first thing that's going to come to your mind that you enjoyed and experienced while you were here? I really enjoyed. Um, Who are you? This is a blessing speaking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really enjoyed um, the tours. We pretty much had private tours of the Pentagon, Capitol Hill, and to go inside of Capitol Hill. I know we can honestly say that we're one of few students in Texas to have um, given that opportunity to visit these places. So was a grand experience. And so it was a small, intimate tour. Yes, know? it was. So you got a lot of information and history. Uh, absolutely. Did you see any of our, well, were, were they out of session when you all were there? The legislator? They were out of session. Okay, so you didn't get to see anybody. And you, my dear Medina. Medina. Um, I think the most thing I'm going to take from this experience is just Sandra. Because she has been wonderful to me. You know, we talk and... 
it's just I never knew anybody who would, you know, give their house up to strangers and spend Christmas mm-hmm. with them. So I'm thankful for her. She is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, let me ask you something. We've talked a bit about who you are now. Let's talk about who helped you to become who you are now. Can you think of a person or people who have, I know I I immediately think of my parents because of my experience, but that's not always the case. Instead of Wonder Woman, my first shero was my mother. But I know you have you have brothers and sisters. I have brothers as well. Yes. So, who was it, or how many, or how how did you get help to become the wonderful women that you are today? Um, as Medina, I have to say, most important, my father, because you know my father's been in my life my whole life, and I'm always been a daddy's girl. So yeah, my dad has always instilled in me some things, you know, always positive things um give off positive energy my dad had always been my number one supporter anything like anything you believe you can do it so my father my mother too my mother is so strong when my parents broke up I really saw how strong my mom is you know she raised the whole household without him didn't ask for no help she worked overtime she did whatever she had to do to feed us and make sure we had anything we need so I'll say my parents awesome blessing Yes, I'll say my mother as well, and Jesus. So my mom, she always, she just retired recently from teaching after 30 years, and so growing up, I had a great start um, school-wise. She made sure that I read by the time I was, before I even got to kindergarten. She just um, wanted nothing for the best for me, especially in regards to my education. And just the other day, we had, like, financial lessons, and I thought to myself, wow, when I was younger, she would even overdraft her car just to make sure that we have everything that we needed. And most importantly, I'll say God, that God has really guided me on my way and shaped me to become the woman that I am today. And I'm guessing that your mother had something to do with your acceptance and, and your relationship, I should say, with God. Yes, yeah, she has. Um I've been in church my whole life since I was little. She raised us in the church, so she has a big um, helping hand in that. Awesome. Now, you're talking about the healthy you and the good stuff that happened. I bet that you've run across some challenges that you had to overcome. Am I right? Yes, you are. (laughs) Can you pick one and tell me how you dealt with it? Um, One that changed your life, not just, you know, the everyday challenges. I ran out of money. I did this and that. Something that maybe touched your your heart and and forced you to to grow. It stretched you. Can you think of something like that you'd like to share? Uh, sure. This is this is blessing speaking again. Um, I want to say around last year, this time last year, I was involved in a relationship that wasn't exactly the best, the worst of the worst uh-huh. went wrong. And during that time, I just remember wanting to like move forward and get find a deeper relationship with God but I didn't really know how to Mm -hmm. until you know things happened things totally went south and one day I just decided enough was enough and when I finally let go of that situation and finally let go of the guy I noticed how so many doors were opening up like you know my other aspiration in life is to become a model I got a response to America's Next Time Model they were they contacted me um you know I got this leadership role at school I'm on the royal court as Miss Senior and I also passed my semester because I was super stressed about classes and dealing with him. And so I just learned to like once I really let go and just trust God that he'll have my best interest. And that really stretched and pulled me. That's wonderful. And I I probably I I laugh and and people laugh at me when I say I'm at the end of the toilet paper roll. One (laughs) thing about life is it's a process. So what you did, you'll build on that the rest of your life because that won't be the one and only opportunity you have to grow from something that's uncomfortable and I often think since you you have a faith-based life that God is very strategic you know and sometimes when we're in places he doesn't want us he makes it uncomfortable so we have to make some choices how about you none okay that's that's wonderful um the good and bad news is you will have an opportunity you will have an opportunity to grow and fight and do whatever. Um, when you're at school, tell me about your life there in terms of your friendships. What are they like? 
the people, the girls, the men you hang out with? Um, I learned that over time, um, it's better to have like a smaller group of people that you can call your friends because, I mean, friends come and go. So if you have that intimate group of friends that are accountable, like keep you accountable, um, they're the ones that you should keep around. So I have a small, tight-knit group of friends at school. I'm happy to hear you say that. Let me tell you why. I was at the dinner table with uh, a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old. And the 15-year-old stood up and said, I have 900 followers and friends on Instagram, right? And her sister was challenging her. And you all know uh, social media is often about numbers, right? And likes, but what you just said, do you agree with her on I that? I do. Yeah, that uh, you don't know all those people. You don't know who they are. Uh, they are numbers. And that was what her sister was saying that I kind of cherish. She says, how many of those people do you know? Hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that how you use, how you respond to social media grows with you. You know, so uh, it's exciting. And, well, let me ask you this. Do you feel that you can have an intimate relationship on social media? Anybody, either one of you, think about it. Like with strangers or? Well, that's what I'm asking. Is social media with, do you see the, you don't see their faces. Do you see their words? Of course, depending on whether you're snapping or whatever you're doing, you can't see faces. But general, oh, this is the other thing. What you present on social media, isn't it the best you? Would you put forward some part of you that could be judged not the best you? Not necessarily. <laughs> How about you? Um, I really don't really. I get on social media just to see what's going on, you know? I don't, I'm not really involved in social media like that. Well, you know, that's refreshing. Yeah. That is, seriously. Is. Um, for me... I've seen the other spectrum and the result of social media bullying. And I'm working with a couple of young women now. And it's very painful for me to see that something like that, as impersonal as that, could really impact someone's heart and make them feel less than. So let me ask you this. You said, I like what you said about friendship. If you were talking to a younger sister, both of you think about this now. Say she's... 12 or 13 years old, what advice would you give her about getting along with friends, et cetera, having friends, building friends, having relationships? Can you think about that? Well, I guess I would tell her what my father always told me is like, not everybody's your friend. So just, you know, kind of, you know, fill the person out, you know, and later on time would tell you know, you you be getting situations with people to figure out that would test to see if they're really your friend or not. Mm -hmm. So it's just don't always claim people your friends. I used to do that when I was little, mm -hmm. but once I got older and I realized people are not my friends, so I always kept a small circle throughout high school. Even now in college, I used to hang out with the same people. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't welcome new people; it's just I keep them arm's length when you first meet them. So what do you, and I hear you, what, what quality do you treasure in a friendship most? Loyalty. Loyalty. Okay. Yeah, How about you? Um, honesty. Honesty, loyal. So both of those things take you to a place called trust. Yes. Right. So for me, that's probably the, the major thing. You know, if I can trust you with mm -hmm. me then we can probably work through some things and vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, tell me a little bit more about campus life because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch the channel on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you do. What makes, what makes you happy? What are your days like? Well, my days are super hectic. Um, I stayed on campus my freshman and sophomore year, and I think that's – I would recommend that for freshmen, you know, to get a good feel of the school, get familiar with your – um, professors, sometimes, you, you know, you can get to class a little bit earlier if you stay on campus, um, enjoy the calf. But my days are typically busy. Um, like I said, I'm on the Royal Court as Miss Senior. So we have. What does that mean? 
okay, so we have a Miss Texas Southern, Miss Senior, Mr. Senior, and so on and so forth going down the list. And we're basically our class representative. So if the students have a problem or they can try to come to us and we'll try to put in a word for the higher people that are involved higher or we just set um, events and implement different activities on campus. So what I'm hearing you say is that you have a leadership role yes. and that for your class, you are an intermediary between your class and staff or professors or something. Is that is that what you're saying? Yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and if I looked into your life on campus, what would I see? Well, I've never been really involved on campus. There's some things that I regret. You know, my freshman year, I lived on campus. Uh-huh. And um, me and my friend, we kind of got involved. I joined this Christian organization called InterVarsity. And growing up, I wasn't really religion. So it was like the step I took for, you know, to have a relationship with God. So that was good. But, um, yeah, I didn't really get involved in campus. I just went to class, went home, and chilled with my close friends. <laughs> that's very much And that's did. working for you, right? Okay, so what we're saying is it's not just one way. No. If you're a senior, you're going away to school, you're going to have to navigate what works for you. And one of the things I think happens on college campuses, we have a tendency to want to fit in. We want to belong. And sometimes we don't really know the signals that we're receiving. And like you both have said, take some time, take some space, and begin to understand how loyal you can be with one another. Am I right? Am I reading you right? Yes. Okay, I have a fantasy question for you. You ready for this? <laughs> sure. Okay. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Huh. There's no way you can fail. What would you choose to do? Like career-wise? Whatever you want. I want you to, I want you to <laughs> blow it out of the box. Think out of the box. The world is yours. You cannot fail at whatever you choose. I I just think in life in general, you're not failing if you try. So I, I would say living my best life. Okay, all right, let's go with that. How do you describe your best life? Um, by doing the things that I love. And they are? Uh, well, honestly, I want to model. So that would be the biggest, um, I guess, my not failing okay life. so it's five years from now yes and you have arrived at a place where you could not fail what's that look like what are you doing <laughs> you're modeling okay but what does the rest of your life look like um giving back definitely to the community um to younger girls sharing with them my life experiences um yeah Okay. Noodle on that. I'm not going to let you off that okay. easily. <laughs> I guess what I would do if I couldn't fail is what I want to do now. Be, work with the FBI, be a lawyer, and eventually be a judge. All right. A judge. Yes. Okay. That and works for me. If I could that, I definitely would be pushing my luck and do this. Got it. <laughs> That's right. It's done. It's mm -hmm. done. Okay. So you're thinking about law. Have you thought about a specialty? Criminal. Yeah, I want to do criminal defense law. Criminal defense law. Well, that you know that those are all married. The FBI, the criminal defense, and eventually the judge. Yes. There are a lot of wonderful uh, game changers in women who are in those roles now, and there didn't used to be. I was listening to uh, uh, Prince Harry interview Barack Obama this morning when I was driving back from Philadelphia, and it was interesting because Barack Obama was saying we have to look at history as well as the future. And he said, he said, three or four generations ago, people who looked like me were in servitude and bondage. The thought that I could be a president didn't exist. And he was saying to Prince Harry, your grandmother, the queen, 60, well, however many years ago, was <laughs> in World War II. You know, the world was crazy. So we have to keep perspective as we go forward and remember those who have gone before us and opened doors. So um, keep, keep in mind what I ask you. I'm going to come back to that. Um, if I were to say to you, it's a bright, bright sunny morning. You're up. You're feeling great. You start your day. You've done whatever you do to start your day. And suddenly something happens to break your heart. What, what kinds of things really cause breakage in in your life that make you sad that 
that make you want to fix things? I would say something going wrong with my family. Okay. We'll talk about that a little more. Okay. So this New Year's Eve, like at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, my brothers had a fight, like a real fight. like. So, uh-huh. And I heard it all on the phone. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, and it started off because I was on the phone with my nephew. Uh-huh. And so I'm hearing my nephew, um, you know, saying my daddy's bleeding. And so oh. it broke my heart. And so it's like they were fighting like if they were falling out friends and not brothers. So, mm-hmm. and now my brother talking about he hate my brother and that breaks my heart. Yeah, because family. And this is, this is another interesting thing. Sometimes living in the world of shoulds, causes our heart to break like we think family should always be like this close and we can never hurt each other and I've learned personally and been around people sometimes we do the best we can and it still hurts but I I hear you say something else you were on the phone that's the part you couldn't get there you couldn't hold anybody you couldn't do you couldn't intercede so what did you do nothing you hurt, you hurt, yeah, and sometimes that's real for us, and that's hard, but you know what else? That's okay, because we are born to feel things like joy and hurt, so never feel bad about that. Um, I suspect your your brothers, mm-hmm. oh, that's going to work out. That's going to work out, not to worry about it. How about you, Blessing? Um. <gasps> Something that breaks my heart. Um, family is definitely one of them. Also, um, I know having school-wise, you know, you set your plans. You have your own set of goals. I know I got pushed back a year with my academics because certain classes were only offered certain semesters. So yeah. that kind of really crushed me. But, you know, I'm learning as the days go by to overcome that and move forward with that. Do you know why I asked that question? I've I found... So often it's difficult for people to be vulnerable, you know, to really get in touch with what's going on inside of them. And I'm asking because I'm working with a group of women now, and they they have a hard time sometimes being that incomplete, that painful person. And my message to them is always, whoever you are, it's okay. Whatever you're doing is okay. Because, again, this is a process. And both of you, I love the fact that you have a faith-based life because the one thing we know is that you are never alone, ever. Mm-hmm. And the thing that uh, I, I don't know, I, I've done some crazy things. I didn't manage being hurt well. And uh, I went through a, a place where I decided to end my life. And uh, it was God saying, uh, no. I don't think so. So he reached down and in a place where I could hear him and feel him. And uh, he said, everything that's happened in your life, I'm going to use. Everything, the good, the bad, the scary, I'm going to use. And he said to me, Tara, you're worthy. I chose you. I've given you choice, but I chose you. And um, I want you to know no matter what's going on with you, you're still on the road to being the person that God created you to be. And that's that's the thing that makes me grin all along. And guess what? I um, forgot to take a break. Uh-oh. Okay, so um, here we go. And there we are. We are back. I want to ask a question that um, I like to ask. It's the other end of that spectrum we've been talking about. What kinds of things make you laugh, make you happy? Oh, I'm a big goofball, so um, <laughs> movies, um, keen sense of humor, so anybody that has a good sense of humor, I I just laugh. What are your favorite movies? Comedy. Any comedy? Romance. Oh. No scary things. I don't like scary things. <laughs> I have nightmares. How about you? Really, anything can make me laugh. People say I got like the weird sense of humor, so I pretty much laugh at a lot of stuff sometimes, so anything can make me laugh, really. Oh. Okay, I want to keep that in mind as we continue to talk. Okay, so when you meet someone new, what surprises them about you? 
dig deep for that one. Hmm. Actually, how about this? Blessing, you, you do you, then we'll flip. What surprised you when you first, did you all know each other for a long time? No, we didn't. You just met on this adventure? Um, We met a little bit before the adventure. Oh, this is perfect then. This is perfect. (laughs) Okay. All right. It's on you. Tell each other what surprised you most as you first met. Um, honestly, I was like, oh, so she's the one I'm going to be going on the trip with. She seems cool. And, you know, we volunteered together with the homeless ministry back at school. So I didn't really, um, yeah, that was my first initial thought process. That's it? No surprises? <laughs> not really surprised. Oh, this I is know. not going well. I thought for sure something would surprise you. Go ahead. Mm, I don't think I have one either. Nothing surprised me about her. Well, I can tell you what surprised me about the two of you. Okay. Ready? Sure. Okay. Uh, the first time you were both seated in the car when I joined you. So I had no idea, and it was nighttime, I had no idea that you were, like me, tall. <laughs> I saw that you were beautiful in the in the shadows. I saw Aww. that. And... Um, we chatted, and what surprised me was how easy it was for us to chat at levels that weren't superficial, you know. And we went to the concert, and afterwards, we just had fun. We had a lot of It wasn't hard. That's what I'm saying. It was easy. Uh, we went to gift shops. We talked about the people. We acted crazy. We took movies. <laughs> and that's not always the case because you could be my granddaughter's. And sometimes, you know, it's not that easy to cross the generational lines, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sandra? What surprised you about the girls when you first met them when you went to Texas Southern? It didn't surprise me. just reinforced their warmth, mm-hmm. their curiosity, mm-hmm. and their willingness to go on an adventure to, to this area. for Over a holiday season, which is always hard to leave family and friends behind, but we hugged each other at at the Wesley Foundation, mm-hmm. and it just felt very natural. So I was, you know, I when I came home, I said, "Tom, you're gonna you're gonna love Blessing and Medina," and <laughs> like the first four lights, you know, lights number five and six are equally as wonderful and warm and adventurous, and and just have a, a sense of the world is theirs, and so we just wanted to be part of that adventure. I can tell you something that surprised me about Sandra. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so when I first sat down and talked with her, we had like a, a intimate conversation. I cried in front of her the first day time I met her. So it was strange how I was surprised how open I was with her. Now, let's let's take that a little bit deeper because remember we were talking about vulnerability, and that was a moment of vulnerability for you. What did you sense in Sandra, because you didn't know her, right. that gave you permission to be that? What 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 about this lady? I don't know. She's just very welcoming. You know, she looked me dead in my eyes, and it just felt easy. Just, it just started. Trying. And she's got a beautiful spirit, doesn't she? She does. It's very warm and welcoming. How about you, Ladybug? What surprised you? Nothing surprised you. What surprised you about Sandra? Um, yes, to piggyback off what Medina said, um, she is very nurturing and, you know, she has two sons, two children of her own. So it was very easy for her to, um, well, I don't know if it was easy for her to welcome us in, but she made it feel as if, you know, that we're just one of her children. You know, she gave you great press because we talked about, I said, oh, do you think they come on my show? (laughs) And I don't, I don't think she had actually met you yet. But you know what her answer was? Oh, I'm sure they would. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but then the trip uh, to Texas Southern when you when you first met, and she said, oh, you're going to love them. You're going to love them. And I do. And I do. So does anybody want to tell me what surprised you about me? Oh, okay. So <laughs> your outfit walking towards the car, I was like, that outfit is fire. <laughs> <laughs> and you're very, um, you actually remind me of one of my aunts in Houston. She has the blonde hair. And I even showed my mom a selfie we took of you. And she said, oh, that reminds me of my sister. So just, I guess, your upbeat personality that surprised me. Well, I'll say likewise. I wasn't expecting you to be so, you know, bubbly. And you were funny, too, when we first met you, too. So. I will say this. I um, 
I'm very blessed because I have been at death's door several times, and I am so blessed to be alive. Every single day I wake up, I feel like, oh, my gosh, one more chance, you know. And um, I was just so, I guess we're just having a love fest right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there anything you want to particularly talk about in terms of Sylvia's lights? Like, say you would go back to campus, all right? I don't know the recruitment process. I don't know how it works. And maybe you could share that, the three of you, with the audience. How do you get to be one of Sylvia's lights? And uh, when you go back, what, what kind of messages would you take with you, do you think? Our, um, our on-campus pastor, Pastor Julius, he was actually part of the selection process. And he felt best, I guess he's seen the students who would come around the Wesley Foundation who have been, you know, active participants, he um, narrowed that down and selected the best two candidates of his choice. So Pastor was very, Pastor the Wesley Foundation was very uh, central to your child. Well, did you apply or or did he just say, No, he just texted us and was like, hey, I have this opportunity for you. And so it was the night of we were doing a homeless ministry. So I went to his office, and he just told me about it. Said I think this would be great for you. So, so do you think we ought to get him on the show? Sure, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is Sandra. If I can add, you know, yeah. Sylvia's lights is named after Pastor Julius's mother. Uh huh. Sylvia, and she was uh, in the Air Force as a lieutenant colonel, and we had worked together three different times. And went to church together when we were both stationed in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh-huh. And Pastor Julius at the time was off in seminary and off in college, so I really didn't get to know him. And it was just through another pastor that I actually got reconnected to Julius. And I told him, I, as an executive coach, that we I did some coaching with him on the phone and for about nine months or so. And I said, I could feel the presence of his mother mm-hmm. when we coached. And she was a very caring loving leader who always cared about the people who she was entrusted with as a leader. And, for instance, I remember some of the very young lieutenants and airmen who worked for her in Hawaii, and she really showcased them. She wanted them to feel good, feel proud of what they were doing. I later hired that that same person who she had been showcasing when he came right out of college. I hired him about 15 years later. And so that's just one way of Sylvia. So it's her spirit that lives on through this program, and that's why we named it. And I, I entrusted Pastor Julius. I said, we could, you know, maybe later on as the program evolves, we'll have people write an essay or, you know, really interview like that. But I said, right now, I said, as the program's just starting, I completely trust you and always will trust him. So the, just like Blessing Medina talked about trust and loyalty in choosing friends, that that's what I wanted Pastor Julius is I completely trust him to pick the right people for the program. I heard two things I think that would be really good for you, Sandra, to talk about. And uh, you said you coached uh, with his mom. And what you're in the service. What do you, what are you coaching? What what are you doing for other people that falls in, under that umbrella of coaching? Well, there are two things. Uh, I wasn't a trained coach like I am now, a certified through the the International Coaching Federation. As I'm certified now as an executive coach, but before that, in my leadership roles as you know, from the time I was in the military, uh, one of the trademarks that any good leader is that they truly care about their people, and so Sylvia Wardley Nimi was a student of mine mm-hmm. about 25 years ago okay i'm dating myself that's okay so she was a student of mine and i could always tell then in a teacher to student relationship that she was really earnest about about her profession in financial management and in the air force she was she was very dedicated to whatever she did she did it for 150 percent and that's how she raised her own children like pastor julius was to always give and be caring and that's what she did as a leader in the Air Force. So that's what, you know, I see a lot of similarities between parenting and leadership and our role as leaders in whether it be in the corporate world or in the government world. You have to communicate, trust, set the boundaries, and give that feedback of where the vision's going to be, of where you want to go as a family, 
as an individual person in a, a, a partnership relationship or where you want to take that whole corporation or you're in the government where you want, where do you want to go what is what is your boss's boss's agenda and I think I'm also hearing you say and you just said it again actually goals uh, what's the outcome of this relationship what are we trying to do and of course you were in the when you're in the military very clear goals but um, I think there's a difference a distinct difference between a manager and a leader absolutely and I think a leader inspires and every mm-hmm. everything that you said to me implies I'm at a relationship level with these people as well as um, a process level I'm understanding their strengths their weaknesses I'm guiding them in terms of where they might go I'm helping them I'm supporting them am I right right and that's why we built Sylvia's lights the way we did mm-hmm. is I felt very passionate about this as we had hosted a lot of students over the years. When our sons left, we had extra rooms. Mm -hmm. And so various people from Northern Virginia Community College to Brown University to, you know, you name it, we had all kinds of students with us. So this was formalizing it. I said, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to let Sylvia's Light, such as Medina and Blessing, to build on the great skills that they come with and and their experiences and their formal education is to build on that and and realize like yesterday they they sat down with two experts on personal financial management and budgeting two of some of the best and so that they know that okay whatever they want to do with their finances they're in control of it they own their story i like that say that again they own they their... own their story now i I've heard a little bit because we've talked about it. It's five years from now. Where is the Sylvia's Lights program? What is your vision? I know you have one. Right. Uh, the vision as it is right, right here is that we're committed to growing the next generation of leaders one student at a time. And the vision then is in five years is that to have Sylvia's Lights around the U.S. or even around the globe, but definitely focus for the next five years around the U.S., that there would be students from any and all universities who would be welcomed into people's homes to be able to build on this, that they teach life skills. Mm -hmm. And because no matter what school you go to, no matter what background you came from, we're missing teaching our children the next generation life skills. Mm -hmm. In other words, I made lots of mistakes and continue to make lots of mistakes. But let me share with you that I wish I would have known these things as a college student. I think um, the whole idea of intergenerational relationships is critical. Now, I remember I wasn't calling it intergenerational anything, but when I sat on my grandmother's porch and we were swinging and we made up stories together, she was encouraging me to dream, and I carry that today. It wasn't formalized, and I think when I look back, over the past two or three generations, we might have lost the energy that uh, grandmother, aunt, lady down the street, Miss, Sa- Miss, a- Miss Sadie or somebody, whoever that person is playing the role of uh, mentor in your life. We have got to do more of that. These two beautiful, beautiful women sitting here bring joy, you know, and when I ask Amen. Them, You know, I asked them, what would you say to a 12-year-old? They had something to say. I don't ever want you to lose that, ever. Make sure you're depositing. That's what I think. That's why we're here. You know, we stop sharing what we've learned. If we stop loving, if we stop caring, if we stop forgiving, Mm -hmm. then then we're lost. And I love this. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, Sandra, because we only touched on it a little bit, I hear you saying college students, number one, that's part of your space definition. You like the idea over the holiday, them coming into homes. And I think that's good because we get to see a diversity of lifestyles. Um, How do you, do you have a vision on how you might market that or is it open? You know, people could call in with ideas of how you might grow it. Yeah, please uh, use uh, your website there or you can... Uh, go to the the 
Texas Southern University Wesley Center, mm-hmm. Pastor Julius. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email me at sandra.gregory at gregorybradley.net. And we're going, we're, we are establishing a website for Sylvia's Lights. We're Good. just in the process right now, Pastor Julius and Sylvia's widower uh-huh. are selecting the logo. Mm-hmm. And one of the TSU students, she wasn't a light, but she's a fabulous student and friend of theirs, uh, did six different drawings. And now she's given us a couple more to choose from. So, the, again, the talent of all the people there at Texas Southern University. And she's an artist and getting ready to go to grad school. So, anyway, we commissioned her to do that. So, we're going to market it in terms of, okay, set up a, a nonprofit and have the marketing online. So, I'm hearing you say, listen, if you want to grow this, if you want to replicate this process or this idea, get in touch with, and your web, your uh, email again? Sandra.Gregory at GregoryBradley.net. And if you want to uh, use me as a conduit, you can reach me at Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. And uh, I am just, I'm thrilled that you all are here. And I'm going to take us out with our little doggy bag I talk about. Um, there are times during our days that are during our weeks that we go, you know what? I am tired. I am tired of being tired. And I can hear myself saying some days, what? Mm-hmm. What just happened? So if this happens to you, I want you to remember the following, Okay. Your creation is a good thing. In the beginning, you were created to be good, and you're still good. There is nothing about you that is inherently bad. There's a purpose in your living. Your creator etched a purpose into your being. You've been born to fulfill the purpose in a way that only you can. You bring life to talents and gifts unlike those of any other person. Every experience you have supports your purpose. Every experience will facilitate your understanding of your purpose and will call you to use the talents of gifts you possess. You must choose to live your purpose. The guidance you need to recover your true purpose is available to you because you are worthy of having it. You can make a choice to fulfill your purpose at any time. Balancing your heart and your mind is the key to bringing forth the talents and gifts you possess that will enable you to fulfill your purpose. You've been listening to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Our guests have been examples of the fact that the gift is in the giving. You be blessed this week. Think of Sylvia's Lights. Think of the joy that you can put into someone else's life by just opening your heart. Your seat is guaranteed at the table next week, same time, same place. Be blessed now.